We all face some silent struggle, but trust me, you are not alone. I'm your host, MJ, and every week we break down a challenge, success, or struggle with someone who's also been through it. We learn from lived experience and love to share tools, resources, and concepts that might help you get off the struggle bus. Interested? Subscribe for more. Let's get into it. We're back. It is another episode of Off the Struggle Bus, and this week I get to speak to somebody who was with us for episode two of season one. So we have an OG. He's been a supporter from literally day one of Off the Struggle Bus. So I am really, really excited to welcome Gabriel Walters back on the program. Thank you for having me back. I'm excited to be back. I'm an off the struggle bus alumni now. This is, you know, so last year was my freshman year. Actually, maybe I'm not alumni. I'm sophomore. This is my sophomore season. And so, you know, freshman now I'm in the sophomore season of the podcast. Yes. It's a constant evolution, which actually fits into your latest newsletter. Yes. Talking about content. Can you tell us more about that? In the latest newsletter that we had, we were talking about the importance and the power of just getting started, which is what you just did. Sometimes I feel like when we get started, we want the perfect product. We want the product that's five years worth of work or experience, whereas you can't get the work or the experience until you start. Even as you started last year with Off the Struggle Bus and you've made some adjustments for season two, it's the same thing in life when we're building a financial plan or building a workout plan or building a resume for work. The sooner we get started, the sooner we can start gaining experience, the sooner we can start learning what we don't know and moving forward. So that's what I was talking about is the power of just getting started. You get to build on the versions of yourself and your work as you go along. Gabe continuously reminds me that I have to be kinder to my first couple of episodes and first couple of posts on my Instagram because, you know, work in progress. (laughs) I have a buddy who says, if you're going to beat yourself up, beat yourself up with a Q-tip and not a baseball bat. And I was having a couple, even a couple rough moments this morning. And my wife, you know, we always, so she went and got me the Q-tip and she says, here, well, if you want to beat yourself up and you can hit yourself as hard as you want with this thing, if you're just up there beating yourself, it's like, so you can't use a baseball bat. You got to use a Q-tip if you're having a rough moment. That's, that's so helpful, actually. I love that. And thank you to your friend for saying that because I am, of course, my harshest critic. <laughs> sure, we all are. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely appreciate friends like you and other creators that are just consistent. They know the struggle that we're on content-wise and just very supportive as we all try to figure out our own voices and our own work as we build this all up. Absolutely. Teamwork makes the dream work. Let's go. Speaking of going somewhere, I know last time we spoke more about money habits and structure, which of course plays into everything we do. But taking a step back and zooming out a bit, how did you even get into this work to begin with? I got into finance a little bit over 10 years ago, and I always knew I wanted to own a business. I always wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I was still trying to figure out what that looked like. So in taking the risks and moving and starting the business, one thing is that I was really close with my dad. My dad passed away in 2020, in June of 2020, right in the middle of the pandemic, not from COVID. He actually went out to play tennis one day and fell out on the tennis court and his heart stopped and he just didn't make it, unfortunately. He would always tell me, he would say, hey, son, there's going to be times in life when opportunities come up and you got to go for them. 
As I was at work, had it been at my last job for about five and a half years, I was there in my cubicle at the time was called Miami. Growing up as a kid, I watched a ton of Miami Vice and I would come out here on vacation. I used to say, one day I would like to move out there. I want to live out there. One day came back from vacation. I was having like what I call a vacation hangover, not from drinking, but it was just like, I missed being on vacation. I didn't want to be back at work, which I mean, I like my job, but I just wanted to be in Miami. So after I went through this whole process, I'm telling y'all this with my dad, I thought, hey, I want to make sure that I'm living my life going forward honoring the legacy and the sacrifices that he has made to put me in the position that I am in to really go after my dream and my goals. After him passing and working through my morning, I was already working on what would eventually become Steady Worth. And then I got married and then also in this time, and then my wife and I, we didn't have kids and so, or we don't still don't have kids. And so we were thought, you know, and why I say we don't have kids is because, you know, sometimes when you have a kid and you're trying to pull them out of school or move them to another state, it's a little bit more complicated. So since it's just she and I, we were just like, hey, why don't we just go out there and take a look and go for it. And so we came out in January of 2021 to Miami, looked at some different places, said we're going to move in August. But one thing is, is that when you start taking actions, things start happening quicker. So when I got back to home right after this trip, I said in faith, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and book a pod and we're going to for July and we're going to move in August. Well, it turns out that we ended up getting the news that we needed to move eight weeks later from the day that we got back and the doors just opened up. That's kind of how it all came about. But I was just like, hey, I want to go for it, live my dream. So I feel like right now, really, I'm living my dream life, being here in Florida, in Miami, working as an entrepreneur from home and doing what I love. So every day I'm like pinching myself, like, is this really real? First of all, thank you for sharing that story. I didn't realize that was the situation and I'm sorry for your loss. Thank you. Dad lived a great life and, and he's still with me. We're still honoring his legacy. His picture's right up there. He's behind me on this hey. call. So, you know, hey, he's, he's rocking with us. 2020 was definitely a tough year for a lot of us. My husband, Bobby, we lost his mother. I'm sorry to hear that. In the fall of 2020, right before Halloween, it was that similar, we didn't expect it to happen. Like she ended up in the hospital and two days later she had passed. Mm. It was sudden and the family came together and it was that unexpected emergency spend. I think in that moment too, something shifted and we were like, how do we honor her legacy and how do we find the strength to make the most of the life that we have here? I see a parallel with how Bobby also approaches life now. And we're not religious people. We, I, I'm a terrible <laughs> Roman Catholic, but uh, we believe in a higher power. Getting through a tough time like that, in those dark moments, like how did you approach almost healing or finding something bigger than yourself to get you through? Boys, I spent a lot of time journaling. I'm a journaler in the morning. I would write my dad. I have a, also a specific journal that my girlfriend at the time, now wife, got me. And it's just for writing notes to dad. That's part of my grieving process. Because right before he passed away, it was within two weeks, really, I was going through this project at the house where I was cleaning out the room. And I was going to give him this journal that I had. It was a brand new journal. And I said, hey, when you think about some of the times we've spent together, can you just write out some thoughts and some ideas? And um he was like, sure. Then I took the journal back and I said, you know what? This is going to be a special journal. So I want to, I don't want to just give you an extra one I have. I want to go buy a new one, a nice one. And I didn't buy the new one or not. I didn't get on Amazon immediately. And he, and I really wish I would have just had, gave him that journal because if I had, if he might've wrote something in there that night, but it never got written in because I, I took it back and I said, hey, I'm going to get one. I'm going to give it to you. And I didn't know that 
we were on short time at all. I had you know no idea. I took the thought to myself. I was like, okay, well, since he didn't have a chance to write in this journal, I'm going to get a journal and start writing into it. So that was one real way that I started processing my grief, going out to the gravesite. I'd write in the journal and that was a big one. Also to prayer. I wouldn't consider myself overly religious, but I consider myself to have a relationship with God. I'm active in my church. When I break down having a relationship with God, I break it down to two things, which is loving God and loving people. So that's what I break down being a Christian as. So I just try to let that flow through my life. I love connecting with people and that would be the extent of my religiousness. I did spend a lot of time in prayer and that's probably what really got me thinking about legacy, like in the Bible or in different things in any realm, even in now times, when you think about a king, when you think about someone stepping into what they're doing, a lot of times they lose that parent. Prince Charles, who's now the king of England, he had to lose Queen Elizabeth who reigned for many years to for him to now step into his kingship. And I look at it like me losing pops allowed me to step into the mantle of who I am. If I'm going to step into this thing, I want to step into it fully and really honor the legacy that he left. And so that's pushed me with this whole business entrepreneurial stuff. He was an entrepreneur as well. And so using that work ethic and all of those things. I never thought about journaling in that way. For me, the elder in my family that I reach to is my grandma, my Lola. In every moment that I've been in my darkest, it's always her that's always there. I've reached out to her and she reaches out to me. It'll be like a random smell of jasmine flowers is how I know she's around. I could uh -huh. be in a closed room with no windows and the smell of jasmine will just go across my face. Yes. I'm like, oh, Lola, okay, you're here. I got it. Everything will be okay. Even though in that moment I have taken some kind of risk in my life. I've decided to live out on my own or I decided to quit a job. And it makes me think about when you're in conversation with somebody who you have in your life as a guide and you look up to, how powerful that connection can be, regardless of the circumstance. Sure. And I think, especially with a father or a grandma, right? Like they want to make the world a better place for you so that you can shine and how they set you up to be able to take the opportunity when the window opens. I think it's so powerful to acknowledge, oh, there's an opportunity out there for me in Miami. There's this window and there's this moment, but there's this wind of energy pushing me there and that you took it. And look, you're living your best life. Like how awesome is that? It worked out. Like I said, I am so, 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 so thankful. Like so thankful. Yes. I met you at FinCon and I didn't realize that you had gone to school to be a pastor. And there's this yeah. interesting way you're sort of marrying faith and finance. I know there are content creators that are talking about it in that way, but I love your take on it and how yeah. you're approaching Thank you, you for the audience who may not know. So actually my undergrad was in pastoral studies. So I thought I wanted to be a youth pastor. Then I have a master's in divinity and practical theology and a master's in organizational leadership, did a dual degree in grad school. I feel like I called a ministry, but when you're 18, you're limited to thinking like, oh, well, if I feel like I want to help people, it's going to be in the church or I got to be a teacher. I got to work at a nonprofit. I didn't know that I could work as a financial advisor or a financial coach and that's helping people as well. So then after I worked in nonprofit and I volunteered at the church, I was like, I appreciate this and I appreciate the people who do this, but I don't feel like this is what I want to do for the next 40 years for 40 to 60 hours a week. I really feel like my mind is built around this more so a business mind and is I'm more so entrepreneurial oriented and not saying that those people aren't business minded or entrepreneur oriented. It just wasn't me. It was part of my self-discovery when I really was spending some time doing self-discovery deeply. 
I got into finance. And so I thought I wanted to work as a fund manager. Then I started realizing I wanted to work as a financial planner, which was great because it allowed me to marry my two passions of working with people and planning. And so now do being a financial coach and working as a planner. Last night I was on a call actually with the church back home, not my church, but another one. Cause you know, the Bible has somewhere around 2,400, 2,500 scriptures that pertain to money. So there's a lot of different stuff that come up about money. And so I was talking about financial planning and about money and kind of marrying them together. And I have more content that's coming out about this as a way of marrying faith and finance. So it has become a passion of mine. I'm really excited about it. Cause at first I was like, what am I going to do with this theology degree? Is it just for not? Because now I'm in finance. So now being able to put them to, the two together has been a lot of fun. Hey, if you told me that I would be able to use my communications degree in politics, I would have laughed at you when I was going through college. It's cool to see how you've connected your passions. At first, I thought the only connection I was going to have, I had a mentor about 10 years ago. He and I are still great friends. But when I was at the first company and I said, Stu, how am I going to get in front of an interview? I have a theology degree too. And I'm trying to get into a finance job. And he said, hey, Gabe, what you need to do is, he goes, if somebody asks you, says, what does theology or what do pastors have to do with financial planning? Say, you know what they have to do with financial planning? They both are constantly praying. He said, pastors are constantly praying for their congregation and saying financial advisors are constantly praying that the market doesn't go down because they don't have to deal with their clients. He said, just look at them, say that and laugh. He goes, what are they going to do? They're going to shut up and move on. And so literally I have used that in a couple of interviews and it worked. This is, you just have to say it confidently. So I was like, hey, you know what uh, financial advisors and pastors have in common? They're always praying. And I was like, I'm here. I'm having to pray that we keep the clients happy so they don't leave. And so it just worked out. That's, that, that's a good one. That's a good one. We were talking recently, and I love what you also said about how pastors and content creators can also be similar about how finding your voice takes about like seven years or something? Yeah, I was at church recently or about a month ago. The pastor who was speaking, he was talking about how he had mirrored another pastor who he liked when he was speaking like them or using some of like analogies that they use in that way. It says that for most pastors, it takes about seven years. Most pastors who are speaking one time a week or at least, it takes them about seven years to find their voice. You and I were talking about and the same thing with content creation because, you know, I have different YouTubers or speakers that I like, and I use a little bit of their stuff and kind of mix it in with what I'm doing. But I've seen other people who do the same because I was like, hey, this person kind of sounds a little bit like this person. But it's just that's part of getting started. It's like as you get started, you're finding your voice or we're finding we're all finding our voice and figuring it out. And then once we find our voice, then we really become unique to what is us. I piggyback that into financial planning. When what we learn about money a lot of times in the house is but based off of our family and friends. We don't really have an idea of what we want. We're like, oh, we may want to get married. We may want to have a home and wherever. We may want to do this. But then as we get out into the world and get started, then we start really becoming our own adult self. And for those of us who are in our late 20s to 30s, you know that 19 to 31 is a big gap in adult life. The way you think and how you process things, your priorities and all that kind of stuff. I'm 39, about to be 40 in October this year. Even 30 to 40 is another huge learning gap. It's just some stuff that you can't rush. And so my idea of life, finance, money, planning, all of that stuff looks way different as a 39-year-old married person twice, married twice, second marriage, than it did when I was 19 and hadn't been married at all. So yeah. What? I didn't realize this was your second marriage. Yes. This is, we're going deep today. We're getting all of it in. Yes, I was married <laughs> briefly in, in my marriage. 
I was married briefly in my mid twenties. I went through a divorce. It was just a very short thing. And one thing I can say if for anybody who wants some relationship advice is before you get married, and we just did a whole thing on this on our YouTube on the Steady Worth YouTube channel. But one thing I can say about relationships is the better you know yourself the more better you'll know who you're looking for. So self-awareness is key when you're getting into a relationship because it tells you not only who you want to be with, but who you don't want to be with. So really take some time to get to know yourself. Also get to know that person, know where you're going, because then as you know, other people, then you can know, and this is whether you're dating them or their friends, you can know that, Hey, this person is moving forward with you. So for instance, you and I, we met, we're on the same path as content creators speaking about finance and other stuff. I know you're not just about finance and your channel zoomed out some, but we're still moving on the same path in the same direction, in the same circles. Whereas there's friends I had 10 years ago, we're not moving on the same path. There's a lot of stuff I used to do that I don't do anymore just because it's not part of my goals. And the thing is, is that we sometimes in relationships, we can get so caught up in one aspect that we're not thinking globally about where we're going as a whole. And so the better you know yourself, the more you can know, like, hey, is this, how's this person going to, they look good in my life now, but how will they look in 10 years or 20 years? You know, if we're thinking long-term, same thing with investments, got to think about that investment 20 years from now, not just next week. Okay. So two parts to what you just said, right? In that time, right after my divorce was the first time I was able to actually live by myself and be alone with myself. I'm not including my dog in this because he was around too. But (laughs) in that year and a half that I was solo, I had thrown myself into the deep end of dating to just figure out because I was married for like almost eight years at that point. I got married (laughs) really young. (laughs) I was like, oh, okay, this is what I like. This is what I don't like. I was like writing to myself in my journal and envisioning the life that I wanted for myself and writing out how I wanted to feel, what I wanted to be driving toward, right? what I wanted to be proud of at the end of the day. And I found that my mantra had become like, I don't know how this is going to happen, but I'm going to find somebody who loves, wants, and celebrates me as much as I love, want, and celebrate them. Yes. With somebody who desires to grow continuously with me. Yes. That's not what I had last time. I literally would say that in my journal every day. And somehow Bobby found me. <laughs> this is a book I really like. I'm reading it for a second time called Think and Grow Rich. And it's not about investing or money, really. It's really about thinking those thoughts and writing out that mantra of the things that you want to accomplish and visualizing them and truly stepping into them. I so agree with you. When you really take a hold of what it is, because, you know, we create with our thoughts. I mean, this podcast that we're on right now, this is a thought that you had last year and now it's in the physical form. So you took a thought from your mind and now it's right. Huh? Two years ago, yeah. So it was two years ago, you had this thought, but now you physically have created it and we're in season two of it. Steady Worth was a thought in my mind and now it's a physical company, steadyworth.com. In this book, it says that the brain doesn't know the difference between a negative thought and a positive thought, but the body does. So if we focus on negative stuff, we manifest fake negative stuff in our body. Whereas when we focus on positive stuff, we can create those thoughts. My little library is right next to me and this book, like, uh-huh. if life is a game, these are the rules. Was I was actually using that as journal prompts during my time of like self rediscovery. What what is life when I'm solo, right? Right. And I think having that foundation of like I know what I'm like when I'm by myself, when I'm traveling alone, when I'm living alone. <laughs> like I know my own habits. So 
it actually became my baseline as I started navigating relationships. Is this person disrupting my baseline? Is like, how would things change? How could things build? Is potential for growth? Like just things to continuously consider. Uh, I'm a Capricorn, so I'm forever planning things. <laughs> right, yeah. No, it's, it's important to plan. And you know, what I would add to that too, because, you know, we're thinking, we're talking about relationships and is this person disrupting my baseline? But my thought process is sometimes the biggest person disrupting our baseline is us, us getting in our own way. One thing I like to say, and I tell people who I'm working with and who I'm not working with, I say this all the time. If you were to pull up your credit card, if you pull up your bank statements, that's, it's telling a story of how you live your life. When I used to work at a firm and I had to build financial plans, I could look at somebody's bank statement, credit card, and I'd know all this stuff about them without ever even meeting them, what type of car they drive, what gym they go to, how much money they spend at Starbucks, what they like to get, see all these things. And when you review where you're spending your money and those different things, is the story you're telling the story you want to be telling? Is your money really going towards your goals? And if not, Stop interrupting your baseline. Right now is a great time to visualize the things that you really want to accomplish and go after. Write them out. Take the pen. Readjust the story to where your money's going to and take control of your life and go live your dream life right now. Yeah, that's absolutely what I love about going through your program at SteadyWorth, figuring out where our spending is happening and adjusting. I started it solo, but now I'm dragging Bobby to take the course with me because I'm like, no, these are our finances too. And I'm so thankful that he's into it. Laura and I were just talking about this. Laura's my wife for the listeners listening who may not know, even though we have the company and we and I created the framework, we still use the framework too as a neutral third party when we're having our conversations because we share our money. And we're like, how do we make sure that we're constantly stay aligned with the same goals? Where's the next spin going to be? Where are the future spins going to be? It kind of is a guide that keeps us on the same page and makes sure that we're moving in the same direction. I would encourage anybody, if you want to use a finance book, if you want to use a course, of course, if you want to use a course, use a steady where, of course, I think they're the best because I created them. But it's great to use something as a guide, whether you're by yourself or with someone else as a neutral third party to help you talk through those goals, talk through the things that are most important to you and see where your money is going so that you can make sure that you're staying on the path to get you where you want to go because a financial plan is a guide to get you to your goals. Following a financial plan is kind of like you go to a mall and if you're like, hey, I want to go to Foot Locker, but also I want to stop and get a Cinnabon on the way, but you don't, you never been to that mall before. So you go to the marquee and it's like you find the first that you are here and then you map your way to the Cinnabon and then you map your way to the Foot Locker or whichever one is first. But that's basically what a financial plan is. Once you fill it out, it tells you, hey, you are here and then you're using it as a guide to get you to the goals. But how can you get to a goal if you don't know where you're at? That's why when even when you look up the Google map, the first thing it says is, what's your current location? Before it can tell you where it's going to take you at. Yep, you know, yep. so it's like you, you have to first get the current location till you can get to where you want to go. And so the plan is the guide to get you to the goal. See, this is the thing I love about you. I love how you're able to take these things into digestible pieces. And actually, to that end, who are your top three content folks that you look to? And I ask this because as somebody who doesn't come from a financial background, it's been hard for me to accept books and YouTube videos and general content at its baseline. I have to find the people that I'm able to relate to because finance in general is so intimidating. Right? So my finance, my personal finance journey started with Tiffany Aliche, the budget nista. And then- sure, yeah. 
Hey Berna, who is Filipino and is from the Bay, and I love her. Uh-huh. And then all the amazing black and brown folks I met at FinCon that I was so taken aback by because I actually didn't know who I was expecting at FinCon. In the back of my head, expected a bunch of crypto bros. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and there was actually not that many of them there. It was like, yeah, I don't think I really ran into to anybody like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, and that was the great thing about FinCon was the diversity of the entire audience. And so for me, and I know this is going to sound weird. I mean, I have a bunch of finance people who I like, but when I am actually creating content, the content creators I look to are not finance creators because I like to take a look at what they're doing in their space and figure out how I can repurpose that in my space, honestly. And so I because my thought process is that I want to bring something new that hasn't been done in the space. I'll check out what some people have done, but really I'm looking to other spaces. The first one who really kicked this off and really kind of who I modeled a lot of stuff after was Donald Miller. And he has a book called Story Brand, a company called Story Brand, and also another company called Business Made Simple. But what I really liked about Donald Miller's stuff is that everything he does is made simple. So he's breaking down marketing or he's breaking down business in bits that are easy to understand. Because if you've ever thought about building a business plan, it can be very complicated. Even his marketing framework, he is called the SB7, which is a story brand seven framework. And that's what gave me the idea for the TCFP framework. Because my thought process is every time people think about money and finance, it's all it's so complicated. So I felt like I wanted my unique proposition ad is I want to make this simple and easy to understand. I want that to flow through everything that I do. I want everything to have a practical analogy that people can use and and be able to relate it to everyday life. And so Donald Miller was the first one where I was like, hey, if I wanted to mirror what somebody is doing, I want it to be like this. Another one, he doesn't really create a lot of content like video content, but he's on some people's podcasts and he has a weekly email and his name is James Clear. He has a book called Atomic Habits that is extremely successful, but his thinking and how, because he's talking about repetitive habits and how those habits can make you successful. And when you think about money, it's the habits that you have. They manifest, or just life in general, your habits manifest the life you have. If you have good habits, keeping your bedtime, eating properly, different stuff, that manifests itself in a bunch of other ways, saving money, investing. And so my thought was, how can I use some of this habits content and the in that sort of thought and relate that to finance? Because the better habits people can put into this stuff, the more that they'll get out of it. And then when I think about actual video and content, There's another marketing company on YouTube called Think Media, and they shoot video. And so there's this one creator. I mean, all of their creators are great, but my favorite is Omar Takori. And the way he does his lighting, video, and mic, and camera and stuff, I was like, yo, if I can get my videos to look like his... I mean, and I'm a far way away from that. Like, yeah, but I'm like, I, I would be really traveling down that journey. So those are some of the people who whose content that I regularly consume. And I'm thinking like, how can I incorporate the things that they're doing and what we're and what we're doing here at SteadyWorth so they can be unique and original and stuff like that. I love that you're looking outside of finance content creators to boost up your content. Because what you do is so relatable, like how you describe your topics, how you present. Some people just connect with people in finance, but I like connecting with people who are in other areas because one thing about money is it touches everything we do. It touches health. 
if you want to be in great health, you're either eating good or you're going to the gym, all that stuff requires money. And so I like connecting with people in different areas just because it gives it, because it's great when you connect with money people. It's also great when you're just connecting with people who are marketing or gym people or whatever type of people they are, barbecue people. Who wants to eat some barbecue? I might be barbecuing tonight. Ah, so good. (laughs) (laughs) No, but you're right. Money does touch everything, which is why I think I purposely have zoomed out from what we were just talking about money in season one, because as a person, you have to navigate around money, right? Right. So even though like your business is money focused, I was like, no, we also have to get to know Gabe. And I think it's so important to just have friends that are able to go deep on those topics with you, who can talk content creation with you or talk business, starting a business or challenges with you. And even the impetus of this podcast is like me talking with my friends who are currently salary negotiating or trying to leave a toxic work environment. What are those factors, right? And I think having those people in your corner, your personal board of advisors is what I call them, right? Yes, your mastermind. So thank you for being part of my personal board. Yeah, no, hey, thanks thanks for having me as part of this. And you're right, it's so important to have those people who you can connect with on all those topics. And like you said, who are organically there cheering you on and celebrating your wins. I feel like sometimes the older you get and the more successes that you have, sometimes the less of those people you have where it's not like, hey, you're really doing anything different. It's just you're being consistent, you know, and consistency ends up winning. And I'm cheering you on and excited to, to be there. Speaking of consistency, what is the thing we are definitely doing in October? We are showing up to FinCon. That's right. We're going to FinCon and turning 40 all at the same time, which is that's oh. the week after FinCon. But yeah, so October is clearly on my mind all year long. I love it. So what are we celebrating at FinCon for you? What is the success that we're toasting? There is a lot of things that I'm working on this year and when they're in the making, they haven't quite come out. And some of them, I don't want to say what they're, they are yet just because I'm going to save them for it. I don't, I just want to announce them when they organically happen. For me, I want to say an, a success for me this year and is, and I don't want this to sound generic, but a success for me will be that I have left everything on the field. Nothing has been on the sideline. I want, so that's every day when I get up, I write out my six top things that I'm going to be working on. And some days I hit all six and some days I don't, but then what I don't hit gets moved to the next day. But I just want to make sure that I am truly going fully after it because as we're just talking about that consistency, it's the consistency that pays off. And so I just want to know that this year I've taken it to the max and being consistent because I can look and say, oh, it looks like you're doing a good job. But in your heart of hearts, you know, each day, if you've given it a 50%, a 70% or a hundred percent. And so I want to know that Gabe has given it a full hundred percent to the best of Gabe's ability. And so that's what I'm looking forward to celebrating, toasting at FinCon. I feel like in moving into that 40, which I mean, it's just a number, but I want to like, Hey, I'm living life on purpose with purpose going fully after it. So that's what I'm planning on celebrating. And I want to make sure I'm doing that this year. I've been doing versions of that the last couple of years, but each year I want to get better and better at managing that time, showing up and taking it to the max. That's awesome. Yeah. New Orleans is going to be fun. <laughs> I'm looking forward to all that food too, those beignets. I've never been to New Orleans before. So, you know, the beignets and the, the this and the that, like, yo, I'm ready. I'm going to be like looking at Yelp like every month coming up prior to getting there so that I can make sure I'm like maximizing all of my food intakes. <laughs> yes. Cause yeah, I, I likes to get it in. 
Well, we'll definitely be celebrating for that. Let's close out with this. Is there anything cooking on the steady worth side of things that you want the listener, the good listeners to know about? To touching on the FinCon, if anybody would like to join us for FinCon this year, I'm on one of the FinCon advisory panels. We have an affiliate code for that where you can get $10 off your ticket and every little bit helps. Steady worth 10, steady worth all one word in 10. I think you've said this last season that you went to FinCon and you at the time got the type of ticket that wasn't the creator ticket. It was just like, hey, I'm showing up as a non-creator. And so you don't actually have to be a finance creator or work in the finance space to come join us at FinCon. You may just be like, hey, I just want to come see what this thing is about, get some education and have a great time in New Orleans for a few days and hang out with some truly cool people because I will say they are some of the best there. So come check us out there. So Steady Worth 10 will get you 10% off of your FinCon ticket. And then also, of course, we have our financial planning courses at Steady Worth, help you build a one-page financial plan. So it's clear, simple, and to the point. And then you have a separate page that we help you build, which gives you action steps to that financial plan. So the course is made up of 26 videos. But if you were to watch all 26 videos from start to finish, it takes you 54 minutes. So you get to build a one-page financial plan with action steps in less than an hour. I'm going to make sure I have the discount code. We're going to call it MJ23. You'll get 23% off of all our financial planning courses. Why 23%? Because it's 2023 and the best time to have a financial plan is right now. Really the best time was yesterday. The second best time is today. So let's go get you a financial plan, 23% off. Also, you can go to steadyworth.com, book a 15 minute free call with me and I can answer any financial planning question you have live. You can get on my Calendly, we'll set up some time, get a Zoom call and I can answer it for you. We also have a free ebook called Why Most Budgets Don't Work. You can also get that at steadyworth.com. You can check us out on YouTube, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, all of them, Steady Worth. Yes. So we out here and we want to be a blessing and I love connecting with people. So never hesitate to hit your boy up because one of my favorite things to do and MJ will attest to this is to make new friends and to be a blessing to others. So yes. 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 Definitely can attest to this. You should have seen us rolling the last two days at FinCon last year. We were like, Oh, new friend, new friend, new friend. Come here. That's right. (laughs) Recording content. Right. That's right. Our picture is even on the FinCon website of the first time we met of us recording content. Like literally she just posted, we met and we're recording content immediately. And one of the pictures got, on the FinCon website. So yes. We're not playing, y'all. <laughs> we're we sorry. out here. We out here. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time today, Gabe. I'm sure there'll be more follow-up. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be back in season two. It's been a blessing to be here. We got to know Gabe a little more yes. than last time. You're the first person that has done a second episode. So well, I'm, I know I'm looking more. forward to holding that title. I'm looking forward to the third episode. I want to keep defending the title. So I want to make sure I, so that means that when I get off from here, I got to go learn some more so that I can make sure I'm bringing more value next year because tomorrow is different from today. So the value That's I'm bringing cool. next time is going to be different because I'm going to make sure I'm continually learning. What is the thing that like that Joe says? Like the, the yesterday's price? Right, yesterday's <laughs> price ain't today's price. The price ain't gone up. <laughs> Always a pleasure to talk to you. Yes, you too. I cannot wait to see you if ever I'm in Miami or down at FinCon. (laughs) At FinCon, yes. So it'll be coming up soon.